You're listening to the Private Practice Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, John Clark, helping you build a better business without all the overwhelm. Let's just get right into it, right? Sometimes we do a little banter at the beginning. Sometimes we don't. I was listening to a podcast. Oh, crap. I'm already bantering. I was listening to a podcast this morning, and I thought, man, I hate how they do the banter at the very beginning versus just dive in and give me what I want, (laughs) which is like the real meat of the show. So I don't know. Let's just dive in to the meat of the show. Today, we're talking about five things I've done wrong and five things I've done right in business. Um, I've learned a lot of things over the years. Man, I've done some things right. I've also made a lot of mistakes, and many would agree that the mistakes are just as important, if not more important, than uh, the um, the successes, right? And the reality is a lot of times what we see in media or in Instagram or whatever is just the highlight reel, right? The things that have gone right, um, the uh, kind of the the um, the wins of life, and not necessarily the setbacks. So, so this time I'm going to talk about again five things I've done wrong, and then five things I've done right. Um, I've been building businesses since uh, I guess 2013 or so. Um, it didn't come easily, you know. I built my first practice in San Francisco around that time, and it didn't come easily. You know, I was working full time at a nonprofit, starting to see clients in private practice on nights and weekends. I was driving Uber and Lyft just to make ends meet. I was living in a uh, an uninsulated shack in the Oakland Hills uh, for like eight fifty a month, and um, uh, life was tough. Life was really tough. I was really struggling to um, get by. Now, I, yeah, I, I say tough, and then I'm also aware of that kind of. Uh, um, there are certainly people who've had a lot more challenges than me, and I come from a place of uh, of privilege, you know, and a really um, a background of privilege. And so I I acknowledge that. And at the same time, uh, building a business uh, was really hard then and uh, and continues to be hard. Let's face it, not everyone's cut out to be a business owner. Um, But back then, I started that my first kind of solo practice in San Francisco. Uh, A couple years later, you know, I I started private practice workshop basically just to start helping other therapists, um, teaching them the things I'd learned. Since then, I've had a bunch of businesses uh, come and go. I had a, a marketing company called Unconditional Media. Uh, briefly, had a, was running a virtual assistant business for therapists called Therapy Desk. Um, just, I'm still very happy with that name. And uh, grew a group practice in North Carolina that I sold back in uh, 2019. And now I'm running PPW full time while also growing my new practice, Calm Again Counseling, here in San Francisco, um, primarily online. So um, I've helped collectively a few hundred business owners through our different programs, um, uh, you know, through our fully booked program and through my business made human mastermind groups and through individual consulting. So, um, I, uh, I, ha- I guess I have a knack for business. I have a knack for marketing and, uh, I do enjoy these parts as well as I enjoy still my clinical work. That's really at the heart of kind of who I am is, uh, is really a therapist first. So anyway, I've done a lot of things wrong. Let's start with those. Number one, uh, I took on too much at once. This was back in, I guess, 2016, where I was running unconditional media, running therapy desk, my practice, and PPW, all that stuff combined, even though they're all in the same kind of umbrella of uh, helping therapists, uh, I took, I, I just took on way too much. The reality is if I had just focused intently on one of these things, I probably would have been a lot more successful. I was successful in that I was making more money than I've ever made in my life. I'm, I'm making less than that now. 
Uh, but it wasn't sustainable. Uh, I was really a workaholic in all the classic ways. And um, uh, I think, you know, I probably burned some bridges, right? Because I was just moving so fast. I had kind of a chip on my shoulder, had kind of some ego about me. Just being honest about that part, it wasn't the best uh, manager. You know, I burned through a number of like, uh, you know, team members and stuff, just to be honest. And uh, those were painful, painful lessons and sometimes expensive lessons. I, I had relationships fall out. I had, um, uh, I had someone who was basically stealing money from me and then uh, copying my practice website uh, very blatantly. So I had a big falling out there. <laughs> if you're listening, you know who you are. Um, you know, the, the, the reality is like, yeah, within taking on too much at once, I think involving other people in your business quickly means that there's more variability and there's more risk. Uh, I come from a place of really innocent until proven guilty in terms of trusting other people. And I've had to kind of flip that, to be honest, over the years and into more of, uh, uh, you know, guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> As uh, there's someone out there that says, you know, hire slow, fire fast. I think it was Uri Guilford that told me that. I don't know who that quote is from, but I think it's true, you know, and I think ultimately I don't want to be jaded, but what I've learned is that effectively everyone in life is trying to get ahead and trying to get their needs met, myself included. So in in understanding that, it helps me kind of understand the motives of different people or when people who I think are loyal prove to be not so loyal, I can understand that it's usually coming from a place of them trying to get their needs met. So Um, I just took on too much at once. And this even came up in our mastermind group today of like, well, I work a lot because I see all these opportunities or I've started a new business because I see these opportunities. And your ability to say no to things is really just as important as your ability to say yes. Um, I said yes to all those opportunities and different kind of avenues of business because uh, I saw them as opportunities. I didn't want to miss out. We do a lot of things for fear of missing out, right? over time, we have to learn kind of what they call the joy of missing out. And really, I think it's not really the joy of missing out. It's the joy of going deeper with what you're really good at and what you really love. And for me, that's really doing therapy and helping therapists. I've gotten really clear on that. So, you know, the ways in which I do those things can change and vary over time in terms of my offerings, my programs, whatever. But those are the things I really love. And the core of that is really, I really love helping people, right? So, there you go. Find you really have to find what you love. Find uh, what what kind of keeps you warm at night, and uh, and just do more of that. That's what it's all about. Um, okay, that was number one. So number two is I failed to set work boundaries. You know, I just worked all the time. Like many of you guys, I bet checking email nights and weekends, email on your phone, which is a terrible idea. Take email off your phone now. There's no reason to have it on there. You need to just do your work when you're at work doing your work. I promise you'll still be okay. Um, I just didn't have any boundaries. Work followed me everywhere. You know, if I wasn't working, I was thinking about work or talking about work and uh, I was really just no fun. Again, this is a miserable existence and it's miserable for the people around you. Uh, number three, I didn't learn about managing people. Again, this is probably my biggest regret out of all of these is, um, you know, I just, I just started hiring people, you know, it's almost like assumed that I, because I was a therapist or I had the ability to, you know, hire people that I knew how to, to recruit, interview, hire, onboard, manage, and supervise people. 
Um, this is still probably my biggest kind of growth curve. And I think the biggest variability in business is dealing with people that they come and they go. Um, they're loyal and then they're not. They grow to resent you over time if they don't feel like they're being compensated fairly. Um, I just find this a really hard part of business because there's so much variability. Um, and at the same time, it's essential to growing and scaling a business. If you're going to grow and scale, at some point you start running out of hours and you need to just have people on your team who are helping you grow. And in order to do that, you really have to let go of control. And that's, uh, that's extremely hard to do for many of us, myself included. So got to learn more about managing people for what it's worth via uh, Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership book and his kind of Entree Leadership tools have really helped me. Uh, like he does this weekly Entree Leadership um, uh, supervision tool or like a weekly check-in tool. I highly recommend you use that for all your team members because what your team members tell you versus what's really going on, there's often a bit of discrepancy and we need to, we need to kind of dig into that. So Okay, number four, uh, I charged too little. Um, early on, I think I would just get by, or one differentiating factor in my offerings was that I was cheaper, more affordable. Well, when you're more affordable, guess what? You're cheaper, or you risk being cheap, being seen as cheap. Um, I still, you know, I still think about this a lot, even in terms of my own therapy fees, which are which are very much on the higher end, even for my area. The reality is, if you put if I had a duplicate, if I had a, I don't know, a twin brother, which is weird to think about, who is exactly like me, same clinical background, looks just like me, same website, but my fee is 250 and his fee is 150 guess what that communicates? 250 communicates more value. People want more value. They actually want to invest in themselves more. So your, your therapy fee and your, all your fees are probably too low. It's just as simple as that. So in comparing the two side by side, guess what? It communicates a lot. It communicates more expertise, more value, therefore better outcomes. A higher fee usually means people are more bought into the process. They're better clients. They show up on time. They do the work, etc. So early on, I charged way too little. Number five, uh, I took things personally. You know, I went back, uh, going back to like having some burned bridges and stuff like that. And, um, you know, having some drama here and there with partners or different, you know, like either business partners or people you're doing a partnership with or a project with. Uh, I just, you know, I think I've taken things personally at times and I have to learn that business is just business. And uh, at the same time, I've really learned over the years, like who my real friends are. Um, and then who are just kind of business acquaintances. I think that's a really important distinction, distinction, distinguish, distinguishing distinction. So it took things too personally. So those are kind of the five things I've done wrong, you know, and they're not super kind of tactical, like, oh, I built the wrong website, or I should have put more words on this website, or whatever it is, you know, I don't regret the things I've done, or the businesses I've tried my hand in or whatever. Um, but, uh, but certainly it's more about like, uh, these kind of trends, you know, these trends and kind of ways of doing things and really a lot about relationships is what I've learned. So I, I hope that's helpful to you. I'll take a little pause now. And I want to remind you last week, we talked about, uh, um, using an email funnel for your practice. And I mentioned we're giving away our email funnel. It's the same email funnel. We, um, offer our fully booked students, 
And uh, right now we're giving away that funnel for free. You can download and install our email funnel right into your own account. It's going to have um, ways to collect leads, ways to um, nurture them through an automated nurture sequence, ways to tag them and segment them within your list. Um, it's a really neat funnel and a, and a tool that I think would really uh, benefit you benefit you a lot. Um, to grab that, you just go to privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash CK. That's for ConvertKit. That's the platform that the funnel is on, privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash CK. Also want to remind you guys that uh, our YouTube channel is alive and well. It's growing like crazy, growing even faster than this platform. It's actually bigger than this platform now. So um, um, if you like YouTube, head over to YouTube and just search Private Practice Workshop and then click that subscribe button. We do videos about every week and uh, it's a lot of fun. I personally love, I, I watch more YouTube than I listen to podcasts now. So it's a platform that you might learn to really like as well. Anyway, a sip of water and on we go. Let's talk about, ah, oh, this is better for my ego, the five things I've done right. Uh, number one, I took risks, you know, along the lines of like taking on too much at once and, uh, you know, learning to manage people and stuff. I, I certainly have never had a problem with, I guess, not taking risks, you could say. Um, I uh, I just don't have a ton of fear in business, I guess. And I think that in general plays to my benefit. Now, sometimes again, it bites me in the you know what, but uh, in general, I think having less fear tends to to uh, bode well in business. If you're not too afraid of the outcome or you're not too afraid of like failure, quote unquote, or something not working, then um, uh, I think you tend to go further in business and in life, right? So so um, I've always been one in business to, to take risks and be okay with the outcome. Um, number two, I've made allies. You know, I mentioned those relationships or taking things personally or whatever. Um, you know, at, at, along those same lines, I have made some really great friendships with people in the industry and other business owners and business mentors, my own business coach, etc. But uh, just making a couple allies, you know, with people who are kind of in your world, I think goes a really long way. And knowing that you've got like one or two solid people who are kind of in your industry, whom you can really trust. That, that has really meant the world to me and has been at times like, the differentiating factor between, I don't know, proceeding and quitting. You know, there's certainly been times I've thought about quitting all this stuff and just kind of going back to my therapy practice and uh, having a, a bit of a simpler business. And um, that idea is especially attractive lately as I, you know, have my first child and I'm kind of figuring out what life wants, what I want life to look like. And uh, also the kind of mental and emotional weight of going home and still having work to do or staff to manage or crises that happen or whatever it is, you know, more risk and liability in a business that has a lot of people involved versus one that's pretty simple and revolves around you. At the same time, if it revolves around you, then that's the risk too, is that you've got to be there showing up, offering value, delivering a service, you know, to make money generally. So, Everything's a trade-off, but again, making allies has been uh, definitely something I've done right and something I recommend you do as well. Number three, didn't skim on costs. I guess this is kind of like going back to taking risks. Um, I see that therapists have a tremendous, uh, tremendous issues like spending money and investing. I haven't really had that problem. Um, for instance, like 
A lot of therapists find it hard to spend a thousand dollars on a website or two thousand dollars on a, a course or a program or coaching or whatever it is. And I think you know when you're that skittish about spending money, you uh, are going to have many other big challenges in business. It's a really a deficit to uh, your business. So it's true that you do have to spend money to make money. And I think if you learn how to lean into that and make the right investments in your business, you'll you'll go far. So don't skim on costs. Uh, number four, I've read a lot of business books and I've listened to a lot of podcasts covering you know all areas of business. Um, uh, let's see. I mentioned this cause I made a YouTube video about these, these, this same kind of list, the five and five. Let's see if I can pull that up really quick. I bet I can. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, there's been some, certainly been some, um, books and stuff that have been really, uh, like kind of game changers for me. A couple things. One is a blue ocean strategy. That was a really amazing book. It's about category design and really understanding marketing in a fundamental level. Highly recommend that book. Building a Story Brand by Donald, Donald Miller is a, a good book on how to kind of create your message and speak to clients and create good copy. Uh, anything by Mike Michalowicz, really like the Profit First book on managing your money or the book Clockwork on how to kind of systematize your business. Those are really wonderful. And then I would say um, Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Now, uh, uh, some people have had issues, taken issue with the fact that I promoted Dave Ramsey not to get too political, but that's getting political in itself, right? That it's it's fine if you don't agree with some of his philosophies or personal views or political and religious views. That's fine. But what I'm talking about here, guys, is his is his financial business principles. You know, that's the thing. Again, with like taking things too personally, um, people have you know reached out and like had problem that I've kind of you know promoted some of Dave Ramsey's stuff. But again, it's done wonders for my my business and my kind of money, both personal and business wise. So I just think we're at a point in society and the world and in at least in the US where uh, things have become so divisive that we need to look past that. And if I'm recommending a book or something like that, it's not really a place for for you to attack me, you know, or you to, um, you know, take offense to it. So I think we have to be careful with that. A lot of people right now are just trying to figure out like whose side are you on? And we have to kind of come together in that. Anyway, my little plug on my little platform. But there you have it. Where was I? Um, okay. Do, do, do. Yeah, so listen to podcasts and read a lot of books on business. Um, the only other book I'd probably recommend is one called The Personal MBA. Uh, it's a really good just kind of business fundamentals book. I really like that one a lot. At the same time, you know, I want to say that a lot of therapists take on too much information and they get what I call information bloated and they have learned more than they can implement. It's kind of like eating more than you can digest. That's a serious problem. It happens to therapists every single day. So you need to know if this is you or not. If you have taken in more information than you can really process, you need to be very careful with that and reconsider going on an information diet until you can implement what you've learned. There you go. Number five, last but not least, got a coach and joined a mastermind group. You know, I've been a part of my own mastermind group for a couple of years now. We meet weekly. Um, it's a really wonderful resource because uh, just to have that experience, uh, that support, that kind of board of advisors around you is really amazing and transformational. Uh, those relationships are really what helps me get through and helps me navigate the uncertainties of of business and, and life. And then again, having a business coach uh, is right there, right right up there with, with all that stuff. 
and uh, having that ongoing support and having an extra set of eyes in your business. So that being said, you know, if you, if you want that help, if you're interested in working with me as your business coach, I'd love to hear from you. You can always apply for business coaching at privatepracticeworkshop.com. I'd love to at least have a conversation with you and see how I can help you grow your practice and or growing into the online business world through courses, membership sites, podcasting, whatever it may be. Um, there you have it. Five and five. Five things I've done wrong, five things I've done right. You can do something right by subscribing to this podcast and sharing your favorite episode with a few friends. You like how I just rolled into that? And um, uh, continue to help me grow this show is a great way of giving back for for receiving the the information that I put out here on this show. So um, I hope that was helpful, guys, and I hope it was a good use of your time and uh, uh, that you learned something today that you can implement. Um, that's it for now. We'll see you back here um, next week. Again, uh, download that uh, that free email funnel at privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash CK. And um, otherwise, take care of yourself. Have a good week. And uh, I'll see you real soon. Cheers. Cheers.